Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our service minimum that they're taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way for the trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie, if uh, Brupolo was in Hinchcliffe. I have no clue where that is. I closed it. Hold on. Let me come back to the map here. Uh, Hinchcliffe is just north of Marks on Highway 3. On Highway three. Delta. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, is, it, is it really the Delta? Let me see here. I mean, you're only talking. It's, it's in a... Hold on. What, what, where did it go? Where did it go? I just had it. I don't know. There it is. Hinchcliffe is in Quitman County. I mean, is that not the Delta? I, I, I guess it is. Yeah, I'm thinking like you would think Quitman would be in Quitman County. That's the thing about I me. Mean, there's a lot of cities like that in Mississippi where like the city is not in the county. Okay, so what is the what is the Delta like? What is the so where does it run? Yeah, it's, yeah it definitely. Now that I look at it, it's definitely in the Delta. The Delta. To me, runs, you know. I mean, because it runs north and south. Right. Like, so, like from where it is in the state, I, I don't consider Horn Lake the Delta, right? No, there is a cutoff point. Is Tunica in the Delta? I would say yes. I mean, technically, I guess the land is kind of Delta. Mm-hmm. The, like the Like the resort area, no. But like south of that on 61, like... For, yeah, I mean Tunica's definitely that area is kind of flat. Yeah, like I mean it would it would fall under Delta. All right, so I'm gonna say Tunica down to Vicksburg is is the, is the Delta. Yeah, because it, it definitely runs down towards the the southern part of the state. Right. Um. Then, okay. Well, here here's an actual map so between the river and Highway 49 West. Yeah, Mar- Marks is clearly in the Delta, yeah, so and this map has uh, this map actually has like Desoto County in the Delta. Well, just I mean, because it, you know, technically it's right there on the river, you know. Yes, so I get that, but like if you're talking, Tunica about, is firmly in the Delta. Tunica's in the Delta, down to Vicksburg is what we're going to say. Okay, Desoto County is not in the Delta. That's actually Tunica is where it cuts off as far as the. Tunica is like the the what the easternmost point. Okay. In north in the north Mississippi of the Delta. Being the Delta. Hernando, Senatobia, okay. all that is not the Delta. It's just east. Right. Uh and then it runs all the way down to Vicksburg. Vicksburg is the end of it. Yes. So it's kind of yeah, funny. I mean, like the Delta is like this flattest 
area, you know, one of the flatter areas in the country. And then you have where it ends, Vicksburg is one of the hilliest cities in Vicksburg, in the city, I mean, the state of Maine. A ton is, of- that, is that nat? Well, I mean, I guess it is natural. Yeah. But you know how they, you know, during the war, a lot of, a lot of those like trenches and stuff and like the mm-hmm. hills is like man-made. Yeah, yeah. But the, you're the right, hill, like it's. Yeah, the hills are natural, but there's a lot of trench, trenches around that area that, yeah, they dug in, yeah. It is interesting that it's it's basically Delta area, but that place is very hilly. Yeah. I can't wait to get you know we're gonna get about at least ten tweets about what is the Delta tomorrow. I can't I can't yes. wait. It'll be good. There's gonna be someone that argues against like geography. They're gonna argue against Vicksburg, I guarantee it. But it, I, it counts. Vicksburg yeah. counts. Yeah, they're gonna say it goes further south and maybe like goes all the way down to like Port Gibson or Lorman. I don't know, but I'm saying I'm saying it ends there. All right. All that to say, Strange Brew Coffee, rated the number one coffee in the city of Starkville. No surprise there. And I actually went to... I'm not going to lie. I had a rough week last week. I just had, I had a lot going on. I was tired. Last night, I treated myself to a Maryland milkshake over at Churn and Spoon, and it was great. And I felt a lot better after doing that. I had I had the calories to spend, so I was like, what the hell? I'm going to get it all. A Maryland milkshake? Yeah. Salted caramel ice cream, white chocolate, little whipped cream on top. Really good. Really What's good. the... What what's the correlation with Maryland? I don't know, man. I don't I don't make up the names. Okay. It's just what I it mean, it sounds great. great. That's great, yeah. I mean, you know, but it's fantastic. If you want to treat yourself to churn and spoon, I absolutely recommend that. And if you want Strange Brew Coffee every morning, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. That was a long read. College yeah. Corner, collegecornerstore.com. We'll try to keep them under the rest of the way. That's the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. And I know you're looking for it. You know, Mother's Day, Father's Day coming up, and then we'll be right on the on the verge of football season. It's time to get some new polos in the rotation. It's it's that time of year, folks. Time to clean out the closet. And especially, I swear, this it's got to be. This is the year, right? This has got to be the last year that you can wear a maroon is all that matters shirt. I can't I can't deal with it anymore. People are still wearing them. No, no more. Clear them out. Get rid of them. Get yourself something new, something nice. At College Corner, two locations to serve you in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Floyd by the Half Shell, or shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, to this day, has not been displaced as Starkville's number one restaurant. The best lunch in town. They've got the best blue plate, one of the best in the state. Great white tablecloth dining at dinner time, and then on Sunday, their Sunday brunch is the place to be, especially this weekend, to treat mom to Sunday brunch at Restaurant Tyler. 16 locations of the priority of Priority One Bank throughout central Mississippi, not in the Delta, just in central Mississippi. And that's a great thing because that means there's one near you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the nearest branch and open an account with them today. Find out what the difference is when you bank local versus when you bank with a big bank that makes their decisions at the corporate level. You want one that's you know you're dealing with. You're talking to those guys every single day. We talk about it in all of our ad reads. We talk about you know we want you to shop local. We want you to to buy to eat local. Banking local is also very very important. If you're already a Priority One Bank customer, you know how good the Priority One Bank app is. You can do a lot more on that than just move money around. So check them out. PriorityOneBank.com. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Hey, did you know uh, this is some breaking news? Ooh, I like that. Um, Sum 41 is disbanding. Sum 41 is one of those bands that I know who they are, but if you said name a Sum 41 song, I couldn't do it. 
Uh, I mean, I get it. Sort of the same thing with like Fallout Boy. I can't. I can't. I don't know the name. I like <clears throat> if I hear that, I'm like, okay, I know that's Fallout Boy, but I don't know the name of their song. Good Charlotte would be another one. I know Good Charlotte had the anthem. Yes, I know the that. river. The song called the river. Yeah. Um, Eve six. <laughs> uh, what was the What was the Eve six song? Inside out. Inside yeah, out. That's right. I love that song. I won't lie. That's a great. See, song. these are like this. This is like late elementary school, early junior high stuff well, is, for me. So I was like college. really, yeah. I was really into some forty one, good mm-hmm. Charlotte, um, and that took me in. I mean. They kind of were on the verge of like kind of like punk slash emo. Like they did have yeah, a little just, emo. Just a touch and I was, of it, yeah. I was into emo stuff, like my chemical yeah. romance. Like I wasn't like, you know, hair in like, front of my eyes. Were you blaring AFI? Yeah. Yes, I actually was. I love the, <laughs> the fire inside, baby. No, I actually love <laughs> AFI. Um, but yeah, I mean, some 41. There's a video out there somewhere where they they did a like montage or I don't know what it would be called melody of Metallica songs. Really, and it is really really good. Like they're they're actually like super talented, but apparently they are now disbanding and will be working on a according to this release that Kenny Omega shared, and so I saw it. Uh, they're you're talking worlds a, colliding here, Jeez, Yeah, they're they're working on a final album and then they're finished up. So well, you know, they, they had a good run. So congrats to Sum Forty One on a, a fine career. Uh, a good Canadian band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not Rush, but you know, that's right. They're they're in that they're in that pantheon, I guess. Uh, <laughs> they're out there with Glass Tiger. Um, <laughs> whatever, Steve likes to make fun of a, of a band. He's like, he likes to throw glass tiger into the mix. So that, that, that one's for him. Uh, we're talking about Zach Arnett today. We're talking about expectations and, and, and what is a, uh, a fair expectation for Zach Arnett in year one. I'll tell you this right now. And I've thought about this a lot. Like if this team was still, if Mike Leach were still here and they were still running the air raid and everything else was kind of the same, I would say that this team would win nine. I feel pr- really confident in nine. With a first-time head coach, I'm, I'm going to go back to eight. I'm going to say eight and four is my my baseline expectation for this team. It could be seven and five. They could screw up a little bit there. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the talent is good enough to win eight. And then to get above eight, you're talking about Zach Arnett is, is showing off in year one that you've got something there with him, I think. But I think eight is a fair expectation for Mississippi State, based not only just off our Arnett, you know, and, and maybe in spite of Arnett, because you don't have a lot of, of you don't have any you know background of him as a head coach, but bringing back a veteran quarterback, bringing back four starters on the offensive line, bringing back the amount of skill position guys you do, and defensively what you bring back, the fact that you've been pretty successful in the portal, it just feels like, and you have eight home games, and I know two of them are LSU and Alabama, but I'm not. Is LSU probably going to be a loss? Sure. Will LSU be favored coming into that game? Absolutely they will, by probably a touchdown plus. But am I going to sit here on on May 8th and tell you that that's an auto loss for State? No, I'm not going to do that. Alabama, yes, that's an auto loss. State's not winning that one. But then you have have six more home games around that, and then you have your your four road games are kind of toss-up-ish. 
I don't know that you'll be favored at South Carolina. You got a chance to be favored at Arkansas and Auburn. I think this could be an eight-win team for, for Zach Arden in, in year one. Is that a, I ask you, is that a fair expectation? Yeah, I think so. I mean, with what you have coming back, and I mean, I, I know that Mike Leach is no longer here, and I know that Zach Arnett is a as a first time head coach, but you have a lot of the same principles on this team as you did with Mike Leach. You know, just like the the base principles, the base values of this team, and and the, the mentality that they have is the same. The big thing is going to be how those um, new philosophies on the offensive side of the ball kind of take hold. And, you know, I, I will, I'll kind of argue with the people that say, you know, Mississippi State's offense is making a change, you know, that you can't realistically expect this team to compete like they would have with Mike Leach. I'll argue with that and say this offense can be better than it was last year. I mean, I feel like a lot of people that are on the outside looking in – haven't really delved in completely to Mississippi State's offense and seen the numbers because at times that offense was a detriment to this team, mm-hmm. not a not an asset. I mean, there was many games in which we're sitting around saying the defense is the only reason this team is in this game right now, and the offense really hasn't been able to do anything. So it would have to be really bad for Mississippi State to not be able to achieve, you know, seven wins. And I think seven wins is a disappointment. I don't think people are going to be thrilled with seven. I think eight is a good number. I think people would be happy with eight wins, with a chance to win nine. Even eight wins after a bowl game, I think, would be okay for a first-year, first-time head coach mm-hmm. in the SEC. But I, I'm not going to say that it's they're incapable of winning nine games because I, I still think that they are. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the expectations have diminished a little bit. I think people would be talking about – we've said it time and time again. You know, people would be talking about Mississippi State being a dark horse in the SEC West had everything kind of stayed where they were. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the defense would – you would have a fourth-year defensive coordinator in Zach Arnett – coaching a defense that was returning a lot of guys from the previous year. Everybody would know about the defense. The offensive side of the ball, you're in year four with Mike Leach, and you have a loaded wide receiver room. You're returning uh, Jaquavis Marks. You're returning your quarterback. Everybody was was pretty happy with what the direction where things were trending. People would be talking about this team possibly getting to nine, maybe ten wins. Mm-hmm. But with the unknown out there with Zach Arnett and Kevin Barbet. There's just going to be a lot of skepticism, I think, with this team. I listened to uh, your interview with with uh, Brandon Morcello. Mm-hmm. And I think he was, you know, kind of on the same page with, you know, we just don't know, we don't really know what to expect out of uh, Kevin Barbet in this offense in year one. But um, which is fair? It's it fair. is fair. It is fair. That's what we're talking like, about today. We're talking about fair expectations that you know. Rodgers has such a label as a system quarterback that he's he is going to have to show off in those first couple of games that he's able to move the football and and, and manage an offense that kind of simultaneously ask less and more of him. Mm-hmm. It's less in that you're not putting everything on him, right? It's not 50, 60 passes a game where he has to move the ball almost every play. But there are going to be there are going to ask him to make some throws that you haven't asked him to make before. So that that's something to to 
to measure out for sure. When you when you think about this team in terms of, of expectations, one thing that's for sure is I feel very confident that whatever Vegas sets the line at for wins for over under on wins, and whatever the SEC media predicts Mississippi State to finish, the Mississippi State will finish over that. Now the question is, are they going to be predicted seventh? I mean, as it stands right now, probably. Probably, which is just crazy to think about. This team won nine games a season ago. And uh who else who else has that possibility? Auburn and Arkansas. I think State could could be picked to finish ahead of Auburn. Yeah, I think Auburn picking up a quarterback in the portal last week uh, will give them a little more uh, juice. People will be like, okay, he got a quarterback. And it doesn't matter that the guy was just an, I mean, he's an above average quarterback. He's better than Robbie Ashford. But, I mean, does that make them an eight, nine win team? Probably not. But this is a nine win team from last year that returns its quarterback, returns a good chunk of its production, returns a good bit on the defense, and has recruited at its normal profile over the past few years. There's no reason to think they're going to take this huge step back. Just be, and I, I almost wonder, Robbie, and this is maybe fair or unfair to, to other media, but if Leach had, let's just say Leach had gotten an offer to be the head coach at Oklahoma. Let's just, you know, they, that Oklahoma after year one was like Brent Venables. Like this isn't this working. Isn't we need, we need to move on. Let's bring Mike Leach back as our head coach. Do you do people view state differently now? Now I will say this. If if that had happened, I don't know. Maybe Zach Arnett's not the head coach because maybe you feel like you, you know you can just have a search and everything is a little different, right? And maybe yeah. when it went down, State felt like stability was very important in that moment and decided to go. But I almost feel like people are like, and, and Brandon kind of alluded to it in in the interview like that you mentioned that there might still be a little bit of emotional weight on Mississippi State this season. Yeah, that that does seem to be kind of. Uh a topic of conversation. I think you kind of posed that question the other day. I just don't see it. Yeah. And that's that's not to that's not to say that they've just forgotten about Mike Leach or they don't care. I just it feels like this team has been able to transition into this new era because they have a guy that they feel familiar with and the coaching staff has made that kind of an easy transition. Um you know if they would have cleaned house and had a totally new guy in there it might be different. But I think the fact that you have a guy that was such a huge presence within the team as it was and Zach Arnett kind of stepping into that role hasn't been that big of a, an issue for this team. I mean, because Zach Arnett did a lot of things behind the scenes that people didn't really know about. I mean, players on both sides of the ball were very comfortable with him. And, um, you know, he was kind of a – he was kind of transitioning into – a you know a bigger part of the program mm-hmm. as a defensive coordinator. Agreed. His Agreed. next stop was head coach, and that was either going to be this this year somewhere else, or maybe the next year. But he was getting very close, and I think that just having him in that position has helped this team kind of move past that tough time and, and move into the the present uh, and the new era under Zach Arnett. I just. I don't see it as big of an issue as some of the people that might be on the outside. What's the floor floor for this team? team? Maybe six. I I guess guess there's two floors, right? There's everything, you know, you just have a bad season floor and there's Will Rogers gets hurt floor, right? Yeah. 
Will Rogers gets hurt floor is, I mean, you're talking about the ceiling is like five at that point, I feel. Yeah, it would. that wouldn't be a very good development. Yeah. You know, like, it, you know, Will healthy and you're not decimated by injuries in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, six games. I mean, you talk about you, you think you would lose. You would lose to Alabama and LSU in that scenario. Probably lose to South Carolina on the road. Yeah, and then maybe well, lose to Arkansas. Well, that's what I'm saying. Then you know, because I feel like you're going to win your non-conference games. Yeah, so that's four, and then you you only get two out of. A&M, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, uh, Ole Miss. Like you'll you'll probably beat Kentucky. Probably, if you had the number at home, and then the Egg Bowl is all. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, right now, State's going to be favored in the Egg Bowl, but you know, by the time we get to the end of the season, you just don't ever know. I'll say I'll say five five wins is the four. Oh, so you went down one, okay. Well, I'm just thinking. I think six is the right games. I just feel like with Will Rogers, you're going to get six wins. I just, I you just would feel, think. Yeah, you would think. So then, what's the ceiling? Could this team get to? Could they just lose to LSU and Alabama? Could they be ten and two? Uh, I think ceiling is nine. Yeah, feels like Alabama and LSU you're going to lose, and then it's, it's going to be really game. tough for this I team. Like, I just feel like there's a game that they'll give away. I mean, not not yeah. that, that Arnett's going to have the leech issue of I'm going to give away a game every year. But in year one, you know, you just maybe expect him to have one where that gets away from him. Well, I mean, we've talked about how the schedule set up for a long time, but honestly, on the road at South Carolina, on the road in Fayetteville, on the road at Auburn, those are games that if you're playing them at home, you feel great about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But going on the road and winning those games, that's tough. Yeah. Texas agreed. A&M, you've won in College Station, but it's on the road. And and you know A&M is super talented. It's just a question of how do they play. Right. You know. So I, you know, it's tough to predict them to go ten and two against that, especially when we haven't seen enough from this offense to really know Zach Arnett's in his first year. It's just it's tough to imagine this team going ten and two. Yeah, but I I do think that nine wins is is possible. Probable? I don't. I think eight wins is is a good solid place. I think that's a spot that I think State can sit in. I agree. But nine wins is pushing it. I think that's probably the ceiling. I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'm going to I think if they got to 10, I mean, he might be SEC coach of the year. Nine would be an incredible job. And again, I think this team, you know, go, after the Egg Bowl, I was like, okay, this is a team that can win nine games in the regular season like next the next year. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes, you know, not the least of which is the death of Mike Leach. But by the way, I'm going to say this now. So I'm going to say it once. I feel sometimes it's kind of callous the way we have to talk about this. But I mean, it's a thing, right? Like Mike Leach passed away. That is a thing that affects the football team. It affects the season. So I feel like I'm kind of being callous when I'm like, well, you know, Mike Leach died. But but I have to say it. So if you're offended by that, I'm just going to go and apologize. But I don't feel like I have any other way around it. It's it's like a huge elephant in the room that that we we, we can't not talk about when we talk about. The Are there thing. people have people no, complained about that? I, there aren't, but I feel like there might be. And so I'm just going to get yeah. ahead of it. You know what? I'm well. Gonna, it's kind of like the people that's like what like you know with anything that we report or we mm-hmm. talk about like this has already happened. It's time to move on stuff yeah. like that. Well, like if it has something to do with a certain situation, I'm going to talk about it. It's just yeah. like 
whenever um, Jeffrey Simmons got drafted in the first round, mm-hmm. like I felt like I had to mention in my story the incident that he had as um, a high schooler uh, because that had an obvious effect on his draft, along with the fact that he tore his ACL. So I mentioned both of those. People got really upset about mentioning that. Like, I, I get it. Everybody wants to move past it, and I'm, I've moved past it, and it's obvious that, you know, Jeffrey Simmons has moved past it and had a good three-year career, but it, it did affect his draft Absolutely. status. Well, I did so the same thing. So it's kind of like the same I, thing here. I did the same thing on this show where I said, look, you know, when he gets drafted, don't be surprised if you they show that video. Just don't yeah. be surprised by it. And people were like, oh, they won't show that. You're just, you, why are you talking about that? And then, of course, they showed it, and everybody got offended. I was like, hey, you should have listened. I told you it was going to happen. So, All right. That kind of stuff has has some relevancy to it. Just like, Agreed. you know, Mike Leach passing away has relevancy to Mississippi State season. So, All right, let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the uh, Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. If you're looking for great weeknight meals for your family, make beef the star of the show. Your family will thank you. Great nutritious meals and, of course, delicious meals. That's what you're looking for uh, when you head when you add beef to the mix. If you're looking for recipes, there's one place great to find them. That's msbeef.org. Not only that, you can find out a lot more of the about information about our Mississippi beef producers, 15,000 of them here in our state, producing almost a half billion dollars a year worth of agribusiness. That's a big deal in our state. Beef is a big deal in our state. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. And if you're going to be in Starkville anytime soon, you know full well you want to make a trip to Two Brothers. You want smoked wings. You want pork rind nachos. You want a prime rib sandwich. Well, damn, now I want those things, too. I shouldn't have said them out loud. So. I may have to make a trip there in the very near future. Hope to see you there. Hope to see you in the heart of the Cotton District enjoying some smoked Southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service. Every business promises it to you. Advantage Business Systems, they deliver it to you. And they have for over 48 years. When you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need uh, anything else, you know, you need service, or you, you need to you know, find out information, anything, you just get to call them back. And it's not dealing with a, a call center that's going to put you on hold for 30, 40 minutes. It's not an out-of-state technician who has to make an appointment, and maybe he'll be there and maybe he won't. It's great Mississippi people just like you. So give them a call today. Find out what kind of difference they'll make for you. 601-362-9192. Or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Rogue and their collegiate collection. That's the... Polos and pullovers you want. Father's Day just over a month away. Dads, let your family know. Don't don't be going and getting them an Adidas polo with the gigantic M state covering their whole body. They don't want to look like a superhero. Dad can be your superhero. He doesn't have to dress like one. Get a great stylish polo with the logos you want. Get it at the Rogue. Shop at the Rogue in Jackson. Shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Starville's newest breakfast spot is taking off, guys. And if you haven't been there yet, you're missing out. Dolce at 509 University Drive. Incredible, incredible food there in the mornings and in the afternoons, too, for, uh, for what that's worth. They have a great and unique selection of bagels and breakfast sandwiches, stuff like you've never had before. And, of course, if you need that morning cup of coffee, they've got some of the best in town 
for lunch, artisanal grilled cheese sandwiches. And then if you just want a little sweet treat, the gelato, always good. The best in the city. So whatever your, whatever time of day it is, if you're looking for something to, to tide you over, you're looking for a, for a treat for yourself, head over to 509 University Drive and enjoy a trip to Dolce. We got a little bit of a surprise for you today. Uh, you know, we're, we're 14 weeks out from the first weekend for week one of college football, which means, you know, that would means we would start our SEC previews two weeks from now. But we decided what the hell. We're going to go ahead and bring Texas and Oklahoma into the fold here just to give us a little extra content. Plus, it's college football, so why not? So we are going to start off our SEC previews with a team not quite in the SEC just yet, but it's the Texas Longhorn. Shout out to Tyler Horka if you're listening to my handsome young son. Horns up to you, buddy. Let's let's dive in. Texas, you know, a season ago, uh, not bad. Not bad. I think, you know, I, I think they were a team that they underachieved a bit. Part of that was because of the injury to Quinn Ewers. I honestly still think that if he doesn't get hurt in that Alabama game, I think they win that game. Um, yes. But 8-4 and four in the regular season, I mean, they lose a, a, a bowl game to a – a 10-win Washington team. That's a, That was a really good Washington team. Um, and, you know, I think the season had some ups and downs. They beat Kansas State. They only lost to TCU by seven. Um, they crushed Oklahoma, which, you know, is always a big deal for them. Uh, but they lost to Texas Tech. Not great. I uh, lost to Oklahoma State. So, like I said, some ups and downs. Uh, this year, obviously, Quinn Ewer's back. I, don't, I think he'll he'll hold on to that starting job. Doesn't appear like Arch Manning's going to get it this year, which I I honestly think Robbie has been part of the plan. I think that's part of the reason he picked Texas. He's like, I can go there, I'll redshirt, and then I'll take over. You know, because Arch Manning is just not the typical. He the money's not an issue for him, right? He's not dying to get to the NFL to buy mom a house. Right, he, he's good. So, you know, the the, the process can be fine for him. Um, so let's see. Let's take a look at the uh, the Longhorns and what they're doing this year. And do they have a chance in the in their final year in the Big 12? They start off with Rice. They'll win that. And then week two, there it is. They travel to Alabama. You couldn't be getting Alabama at a better time, right? That early in the season, whoever the quarterback is, they're not going to have figured everything out just yet. Obviously a hostile environment, but I'm not going to take Texas as we sit here today. But when we get to the season... And I, I, I might, and also, I won't be surprised at all if Texas finds a way to win that game. But I'll take Alabama today. You want me to pick? I do want you to pick. Yeah, I'm taking Bama too. Yeah, the, Without not, that one not, being at Bama, I think it's going to be the difference. We're not keeping tabs on these in terms of uh, for, for 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 dinner or anything, but we you know, we will go ahead and make our picks. Yeah. All right, so one and one, uh, and then they move uh, on to Wyoming. They'll get that one. And then they enter conference play with a, a trip to Baylor. Yeah, you know, Baylor is a team that I don't know. I never know what to expect from them. Like there are years where you're like Baylor, you look up and Baylor's won like ten games. And I, and I love Aranda. I think he's a great coach. But they were disappointing a season ago. I'll, I'll take Texas to go on the road and get that. One. Yeah, sure. I mean, at this stage, you better win that game. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you if you're two and two at this point, then now you're looking at it's going to be a problem season, you know. Uh, then a trip to Kansas. I didn't I didn't see. I don't know. Let me bring that back up. What did Kansas do to Texas last year? 
<laughs> uh, they didn't play last year. So, oh yeah, they did. No, no, sorry. Can't, uh, they, they didn't, and they, they Texas won big, fifty-five fourteen. Uh, I'll take the Longhorns there. So yeah, yeah, that traditionally has been a quite a one-sided affair. Yeah, although the last few years Kansas has gotten a couple wins, but yes, now now we've got Texas at four and one going into the Red River Shootout with Oklahoma. We're going to do Oklahoma next week, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, man, I worry about Brent Venables. I I, I don't I don't know that that's going to work out for him there. I'm going to take Texas to get another win here. I definitely have way more faith in Sarkeesian than Brent, than Brent Venables, and that's yeah. saying a lot. Yeah, I just, I just, but I just, you know, with the talent that Oklahoma has for Venables to have the season they did last year, and they never really looked like very good. We talked about some unacceptable things yesterday. There's one right there. Yeah, Oklahoma with that talent going six and six, unacceptable. And they lost this game last year, forty nine nothing. And I don't know that Texas yeah, will beat them again like that, but I, I'm I, going I, with Texas again. Texas again, and then some new new teams in the conference for the Longhorns. They'll trap. When's the last time Texas played at Houston? Got to be back in the Southwest Conference days. Might have been Andre Ware at quarterback for the uh, the the Cougars. The last time the Longhorns came to the city of Houston for a game with them. Uh Houston's going to be good, but I'll definitely take Texas to win. All of a sudden, I'm looking up here, Robbie. I've got Texas six and one with a loss at Alabama. Yeah, oh, Texas is back at this point. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I just don't know much about Houston next year. Mm-hmm. Holgerson's had a good career there. Yeah. Old Holgo, Holgo man. Love it. I don't know. Uh, I think I'd go with Texas there. Okay. So we both got them 6-1. and one. Uh, And then they bring in another of their new conference mates, BYU. I, if that that was in Provo, I would take BYU, but it's in, it's in Austin. It's in Austin. So I'm, I'm going to go with Texas there, too. Seven and one. We've got the Longhorns. At this point, the hype machine is out of control, right? This is a very favorable schedule outside of this. going to Alabama. Yeah, if they were playing almost literally anybody else, like outside of Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, you would probably have Texas undefeated at this point. Um. I'm going to give them a loss here, though. I, I, I'm a big fan of Kansas State and, and what they do. I love Chris Kleiman. I think he's a great coach. I think they'll, the Longhorns uh, will get got here at home. I'll take Kansas State to win that game. Uh, I could see that, too. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not super high on Texas, but like, I just the schedule is just not blowing me away. Well, I mean, it, it shouldn't. It's a Big 12 schedule. What do you want? Yeah. I don't know. I get. I mean, I want to give them some more losses, but I just don't see a ton on here. Yeah. See? I think they can win that game. Woo! Out of control. I, but I, I, think, they, I think they're going to lose at TCU. That's the next week. They play at TCU. I mean, the TCU is revamping and rebuilding a little bit, but Sonny Dyke's just a good coach. I'm with you. I'm going to have Texas two straight losses here. I'll have them. They'll be, uh, I guess, eight and three in my book at that point. No, seven and three. You've got it, but you're going to have them eight and two now. Yes. Okay. At Iowa I, State. Go ahead. I, th- I think they're going to lose one of the next two games, one of the final two games. Iowa State, I don't think we're very good last year. They but that's- Matt Campbell's a good coach, and that's a tricky late 
in the year. And that's a tough place to play. It is. And then they go then they have Texas Tech at home. I think they'll get Texas Tech at home. I think they'll I think they'll win their last two. But if you want to say they're gonna to lose to Iowa State, I'm not gonna to argue too much against you. Like I, I don't at this point I can't pinpoint all the like wins and losses, but I just I think they're going to to go like nine and three. All right. So you've like, got I, I don't really like I like I, I could see it shaking out differently in all these games and I don't I don't really put a whole lot of stock in predicting this game and this game in May. Right. But I think that they're gonna be like nine and three. That's just right. I haven't I delved into them, but that I mean here here's the numbers, Brian. I looked yeah. these up. State uh, during since two thousand ten when state first got to a bowl game, MSU has ninety nine wins since twenty ten. Texas has ninety one. Yeah. Both teams have one ten win season. State is eight and five in bowl games. Texas is six and three. State has been a better program since twenty ten than Texas. Yeah. With Texas's infinite resources and a conference that's not nearly as stacked as the SEC. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, the resources will grow a little bit in the SEC, but you're now going to be taken down a notch. Yeah. You're no longer the big dog. Agreed. You, I mean, have, you have the brand, but I don't see them flourishing in the SEC. I, I really don't. And maybe that's naive of me, but you're going to a better conference. You've already had great resources. You're going to a better conference top to bottom. You're going to, to have more resources, but so does everyone else. Why are we supposed to think that Texas is going to be this massive power in the SEC? We oh, haven't seen it with Missouri. We haven't seen it with A&M. I don't think we'll see it with Texas or Oklahoma either. I, I just don't. I would have said prior to last year that Oklahoma could come in and and be a team that year in year out, you know, con- 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 uh, would compete. But after yeah. last year, I'm like, they got to get a better coach in there. I don't I don't see Venables as a long term answer for that. But I think we're both going to say Texas nine and three. So that's our first uh, SEC prediction. That's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. So next week we'll do Oklahoma, and then we'll get into the actual conference. So t- two weeks in the into the actual SEC, and then two weeks after that, our first opponent preview. We'll talk about the Ole Miss Rebels, the Egg Bowl, uh, as we start that up. So a lot of fun stuff coming up here on Thunder and Lightning. Tomorrow, speaking of fun stuff, is the rumblings. So get your questions in now. Robbie and I will be happy to answer them, and uh, we'll, we'll do a, another great mailbag tomorrow on the show. Till then, for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Adad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.